He is the agriculture, agriculture and Cooperation Advisor to the government of Andhra Pradesh in India. He directs the implementation of natural farming in the state and has dedicated years to social and agricultural projects that empower communities and alleviate poverty. From 2000 to 2010, he led the Society for the Elimination of Rural Poverty in Andhra Pradesh and led the mobilizing and empowerment of 11 and a half million rural poor women into thrift and credit-based self-help groups and their federations, enabling them to come out of poverty. From 2010 to 2015, he was the first mission director of the National Rural Livelihoods Mission for the government of India with a vision of mobilizing 100 million rural, rural women into self-help groups and federations. He has been special chief secretary, agricultural department in Andhra Pradesh. And after a time in 2016, he was appointed as the government in agriculture, uh, where his work supports the Andhra Pradesh community managed natural farming movement Nature Solutions has a national policy, and it's very, very appropriate that we are discussing uh, these issues, and they concern the lives of the farmers. The vision of our state is to take natural farming to all 8 million farmers and farm workers in the state of Andhra Pradesh, India. Uh, this is where, uh, this is India, and this is where we are, the southern part of uh, the country. Uh, we have a population of 54 billion people. We have a very long coastline and we also have a very uh, semi-arid area in the southern part of the state. So we have uh, 8 million farmers and landless farm workers. And I should also mention that 86% are small farmers having less than two hectares holding. So this is both a challenge and an opportunity. Uh, so this is our context. We have a rainfall here around 550 millimeters and goes up to uh, 1200 to 1400 millimeters in the northern side. Now, why did we get into natural farming? Uh, why did we see the reason for this change was acute distress of farmers and the, the quality of food that the consumers were getting. And more important was, as Walter pointed out, the continuous degradation of the soil, the water stress, water emergency. So you had a crisis, multiple crisis, farmers distress, consumers health, and uh, environmental crisis. Now, these are all interrelated. And I think the most important thing was we, we understood that even though these seem as disparate problems, they are all coming out of the way we are dealing with our own uh, soils. And uh, so can farming in harmony with nature, can it be the solution to these multiple crises? Because you may say, what the link between a health crisis and a farmer's distress and soil degradation? But I would like to you know, say that all of them are interrelated. And that is our effort to solve these multiple problems by going into the root causes. And uh, natural farming is that holistic land management practice that leverages the power of photosynthesis in plants. 
to close the carbon cycle and build soil health, crop resilience, and nutrient density. Walter said that we have to bring the CO2 in the air into the soil to create this uh, soil carbon sponge. And how do we do that? These are the principles of natural farming, and these are universal. They are applicable in all the countries. And the photosynthesis process is the critical one. So the first principle is, you know, to keep the soil covered with living crops, 365 days of the year, and where it's not possible, at least cover it with uh, mulch, and have crop diversity. Incorporate trees in the landscapes, in the farms, 15 to 20 crops. Do not disturb the soils. Integrate animals into farming. And one uniqueness in, in Andhra Pradesh in India is the role of biostimulants. Uh, they are, uh, you know, acting as a very, very essential catalyst to trigger the, the activity below ground and increasing amount and diversity of organic residues including crop residue mulch, using indigenous seed, and pest management through better agronomic practices and botanical extracts. So these are the eight principles, and we have one nine red box, a no. No synthetic fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, weedicides. So these nine principles uh, are universal, but practices are again very location-specific, context-specific, and uh, I'll just take you through what are, how are we, what are our practices in uh, Andhra Pradesh. So as I mentioned, the first one is to keep the ground covered. And uh, this is something, you know, I'm eternally grateful to Walter for highlighting the role of photosynthesis, the root exudates, and the soil carbon sponge. So this is what, this is our recommendation to farmers not to keep the ground barren and have multiple crops within. So you have here a mango orchard with intercrop, similar and another mango orchard with uh, cereal crops. Uh, this is a seed coating inoculum from uh, cow dung, cow urine, some lime and handful. So this is the inoculum. This is the seed inoculum. Then uh, this is a soil amendment. Again, this cow dung used, uh, cow urine, jaggery, so this is a soil microbial inoculum where uh, the farmers uh, use this to trigger the soil biology. This is a liquid inoculum used uh, for, you know, once in 10 days to 15 days. And uh, these are the pest management practices. You can see here, they're using neem leaves. We have more than 200 botanical formulations. Farmers are quick to innovate. Uh, and make these, uh, you know, botanical formulations. There are also agronomical practices, mechanical ways of trapping insects. The idea is not to use chemicals. Uh, and again, uh, we are encouraging farmers to protect their own seeds and also conserve indigenous seeds. So this is the biodiversity, uh, local seed sovereignty that we are encouraging. And uh, this is something which you know uh, comes to the the water cycle part. The the how do we how does natural farming impact on the hydrology, and uh, as all where the soil carbon is low, the soils are non-porous and non-permeable. 
but with the soil biology being activated we actually have uh, porous soils we also have uh, we improve the water holding capacity and the third fa factor which is extremely critical to what we are doing is harnessing water vapor for irrigation and this is something we'll be eternally grateful to walter for educating us on this so in tropics there are he told us there are 10 rivers of water in the air and you have up to 50000 parts per million of uh, water vapor so we tested this hypothesis of whether natural farming will enable the crops to get this uh, to harness this water from the air and uh, it's about third year of our experimentation and we've been extremely successful you can see here one uh, plot of land which was completely uh, degraded it's uh, i think almost 10 years since this land was cultivated and you see the women farmer here she has laid out this uh, wooden mulch and uh, she has covered the soil with uh, crop residues and she has sown this 10 to 15 kinds of seeds with uh, the bio inoculum and you can see the germination and this is what i call as the miracle of pre monsoon dry sowing and this is where these plants are actually harnessing water from the air and our objective is uh, how can we build year round 365 days green cover and thereby uh, regenerate soils uh, reverse the land degradation this is again her crop and mind you this is the first year of the regeneration exercise this is our footprint now in our state we cover about 28% villages and 10% farmers and farm workers so 750000 farmers and in the current year we are targeting around 1.1 million farmers and farm workers and this is funded by the government and by philanthropy azim premji philanthropy is uh, you know funding this whole program and uh, in terms of impacts if you look at uh, you know typically people look at yields uh, and the cost of cultivation and then so we have been doing independent assessments uh, these have shown that there is very significant reduction of cost the yield differences are not significant in many cases the yields of natural farming crops are much higher uh, the there is significant increase in the net income for all the farmers but in addition farmers have reported better soil health crop health biodiversity resilience economic empowerment of farmers uh, this is a, a snapshot of the yield story this is uh, this 2019 season and you can see majority of the crops these are all the, our most important crops nine crops account for 80% of our uh, crop area so majority of the crops the yields of uh, farmers doing natural farming are higher in some of them they are lower uh, but the net income is very significantly high and here we see the resilience to floods uh, we had a series of uh, heavy rain incidents and floods last year uh, so the, the plot grown with uh, natural farming practices was able to withstand these floods and uh, uh, we also have a household uh, homestead gardens these are for uh, 
for everyone, but a special focus on the landless uh, farm workers because they don't have any land. So this is the practices in their homesteads so that they can uh, get uh, nutritious food uh, throughout the year. And uh, this has been especially helpful to them during the Corona crisis because they could get uh, the diverse crops during in their own homes. And you can see here, we see very significant improvements in biodiversity. Uh, and it's, it's wonderful the way nature uh, comes back if we don't, uh, you know, destroy it. And uh, yeah, so this program has had a series of uh, innovations all coming together. And I would say in terms of uh, the six, uh, the several important innovations, government support has been very important. Uh, and I think for anything to scale up, government support is a must, both in terms of uh, ground level implementation, but also at policy level. And uh, then our investment in uh, taking this knowledge in a farmer friendly manner to the villages, through videos, through print material, and also our uh, focus on research. Uh, then at the grassroots level, our most important uh, you know, strength foundation has been the women self-help groups and their federations. Uh, and the knowledge extension system is not a top-down system. It's a farmer to farmer extension system. And we also realize that this is a long-term handholding required for this transition because we have to change the mindset of last 60, 70 years that it's only through chemicals that farmers can do farming. So that requires a very good grassroots based organizations working with farmers. So you have government, you have NGOs and community based organizations doing this uh, handholding support. And we learn continuously from the farmers, from their own innovations. And we have strong uh, collaborations with global and national institutions. And uh, within the government, there is great understanding that this is very important in multiple dimensions not only farmers' livelihood, but health of citizens. So we have a program where we are taking it to the schools and also in uh, centers for, uh, you know, uh, where pregnant women, nursing mothers get nutrition support. So, so different government departments are collaborating with us. And uh, uh, just to highlight the importance of the women self-help group movement, something we started 20 years ago in our state. And in the program area, about 120,000 of these women self-help groups representing about 1.4 million women are at the center of uh, you know, supporting the program through a variety of ways, through collective action, learning from each other, planning, management of the program, financing the individual farming plans and taking into account uh, vulnerable farmers, uh, this is how the meeting process happens on a continuous basis in the villages. And we have a farmer to farmer extension system. You see the women here, uh, Sarojini. So her word is respected in the village because she herself is a best practicing farmer. So we have an army of around 6,000 such community resource persons who are uh, you know, involved in this exercise. And as I mentioned, we 
we spend up to eight years in a village to ensure that there's transformation of the entire village. So this is very essential. Uh, it doesn't happen in typical government program. So our specialty is to ensure that, uh, you know, this continuous support, because this is knowledge intensive agriculture. This is not uh, input intensive. So that takes time because it's unlearning and relearning process. So this is a hallmark of our uh, project. So I'll conclude here uh, by saying that we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. So it is for the sake of our current generation and the next generation that uh, you know, we all have to come together. And I'm really ha so happy to present this experience of ours here. Thank you very much.